Welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be continuing the conversation about budget. <laughs> well, not much has changed the store since I'm actually recording these back to back since this weekend is Thanksgiving weekend. And we thought we'd give Ilya a break and not have to come in next week. Actually, it was he who called me and said, I don't think you want to record on Black Friday when you own a retail store. Now, last year, Black Friday, um, it was COVID. So it was really empty. Gosh, this week has been packed in the store. People are just out. They're just excited to be out. They're shopping. They're spending money again. So I do expect this Black Friday to be pretty crowded. It's also why we're kind of frantic to get the store done uh, and get the showroom looking perfect. Um, But our team, we have such a great team and all the designers really working together, really helping each other. They really have bonded. And David, who you've met a few times, is having Friendsgiving on this Monday. It's the day that we're closed. So, uh, I'll, I'll take some good pictures and videos. It should be fantastic. There's 20 of us total because it's our, our significant others coming with us. And um, the attire of the day is pajamas. So it's going to be a big pajama party. So uh, my husband's all worried. I don't have pajamas. <laughs> we'll put something together, honey. So I know some people are going to wear onesies. We've got, uh, we'll see. It'll be exciting, but I'm just, I'm just really happy that I finally, I feel really good about the team, the designers that we have, everyone's kind of humming along and, and doing great. So, um, I'll, I'll drop a few pictures of that in so you guys can keep up with the antics here at first in Maine, as well as learning about being a designer. Um, I do love that this store and working so closely one-on-one with designers again does give me enough um, content. Like I will never run out of content to talk about on this podcast because design changes every day. The industry is so different, right? Just just the career itself. Every day is different. Every client is different. Every project is different. And so I am constantly reminded of, oh gosh, that's something I should, I should teach on the podcast. That's something I should talk about. And so we had a few, a few issues uh, about budgeting this week. And uh, there, there's been a different, a, a, a few different things. So I'm just going to start talking about each one individually and um, the lessons that I want you guys to learn from it. Remembering that, uh, again, all we can do as designers, because everything is so different and changes, it's really hard to teach a, a hard and fast, you must do this, you must stay, say this. It's not, this isn't accounting, right? That's That's a you have known quantities. Design is emotional and personal, psychological, and it's ever evolving. So one of our designers, um, and she's a a relatively new designer, and she's working with a client um, who had a a pretty good budget. She had 75,000 as the budget, but they wanted a kitchen, a living room, and a dining room um, and new flooring. Again, still not crazy, right? 75000 is a is a good chunk of money. And, you know, we need to be respectful of that. That's a lot of money for this family to save. You know, these aren't high rolling, you know, this isn't, a, you know, a, a lawyer or a doctor or someone that has a ton of money. This is a, a normal family. And they just happen to have this opportunity where they can they can spend this chunk. So when I hear that, 
I think, all right, I have got to be so respectful of their budget and I need to treat that budget as if it were my own. You know, if, if I had money set aside like this and this was my forever house and I planned on staying here, you know, for 20, 30 years, I would want to make sure that, that I invested in quality, uh, function, right? Um, pieces that were going to last and a style that was classic enough that it wasn't going to go out of style. If I'm going to invest like this, I don't want it to be something too trendy. So as the project was going along and I was watching and I was seeing drawings being done and the kitchen being designed. And I was thinking to myself, that's a really fancy kitchen. Like, boy, that's a big kitchen. And again, it's a, it's a relatively new designer. So she hasn't had a lot of experience, um, you know, she's designed kitchens on paper and that's great. That's one thing. Knowing how to design a kitchen, um, it's a great skill to have and it's something that takes time and, and you do kind of have to cultivate it. But getting that kitchen created, having it built, um, knowing how long is this really going to take? How much mess is this really going to cause? How much does this really cost? That's a whole different thing. You could say you've designed 25 kitchens, but if you haven't worked with that client to get all 25 of those kitchens built and seen it all the way through to the end, you don't know as much as you think you do, right? Uh, and again, this is no offense to the designer because, you know, it's something that we are coaching on and, you know, understanding that there is always room to learn and we have to keep learning and growing as professionals. So I was watching this kitchen <clears throat> get designed and I'm thinking, well, you know, they've got experience and you, they know the budget. And so hopefully they're, you know, allocating money for different parts. You know, this for flooring, this for, for the kitchen, this for the cabinets, for the countertops, for the furniture. And I started to see a few red flags. Um, I saw <clears throat> in one of the designs, there was a, a hardwood that we sell. It's actually an engineered hardwood and it's cut and sold in the big planks in the Chevron pattern already, which if you were going to do a chevron pattern on the floor for a client, if that was in your design, understanding that the installation cost of cutting every single board at a perfect angle so that they still click together, fit together, that the, it you know meets up in the end, how you finish off those runs, I mean, that's incredibly expensive. So when you get these pre-made panels, it does save a ton of money. But it is still, out of the range of wood flooring that we have, the highest price. Because even fabricating it, they had to cut those boards at every single level. And then now they have to have these big panels that click together just right. You know, when you get the bigger pieces, it's like it's like large format tile. It's a whole nother monster. That's a, that's a whole nother set of installation problems. So that is the highest priced flooring that we carry here is in that Chevron pattern. So I saw that in the design and I was a little nervous. And so I mentioned it, um, you know, I know you've got a big budget, but are you, you're keeping an eye on this, right? You know, you've got the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The client loved it. It'll be fine. I said, you, you've priced it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. So it comes time for the presentation and, um, you know, it's been maybe a two week process to get these drawings done. And the designer sat down with the clients and, and, you know, our store is big, but I always, I have this, um, and it's a learned, learned ability over the years of working in a store like this. I'm really good at listening and um, 
it's not really eavesdropping. I guess technically it's eavesdropping. But I I need to hear what's going on. I need to hear what are clients talking about? What are designers talking about? What's going on in the back room? And luckily, especially with ADD, I think that's why designers are successful. We can do that. We can juggle. I can be working on a design while I'm listening to a presentation and I'm watching to see if a customer's being helped. And I'm really good at, at multitasking. So I was working at my desk and I was hearing this presentation and uh, it was the first time that the the spouse was here, the husband was here, and both both couples were sitting down. And I could hear they were so excited; they loved it. Beautiful design. The design included opening up a wall. It included taking the old small footprint kitchen, turning that into a breakfast nook, and taking a third of the living room, which was a giant living room, taking a third of the living room and creating this new kitchen. They have a big family. So they, they wanted four to six people to be able to sit at the island. It's a big island. And I was hearing them go through it again. They loving it. They're loving it. Oh, I love that. I love that. The design, everything's beautiful. And I heard the husband say, I love it, but that looks really expensive. And I heard the wife say, oh, don't worry. It's okay. I told her what our budget is. And my heart just sank. I knew right then, I think we're going to have some problems. So after the client left and I touched base with the designer, I said, all right, you know, they loved everything. They want everything. They want everything. I said, okay, well, are you in budget? And we looked at the, the cabinets and the countertop. We looked at, um, you know, the fixtures, things like that. And I said, so the Chevron floor, she said, well, I told them they can't get it. They can't have it. Um, We'll just have to do it another time because the money was going to go into the kitchen and the materials with the cabinets, not including the, the appliances, not including the sink or the fixtures, but just the cabinets, the countertops, it it was right at almost at their $40,000 budget. And I had to remind the designer, where's the money for the contractor? Well, we don't have a contractor ourselves. We are not contractors. The client signs their own contract with a contractor. And that's the way I teach. That's the way I've always done it. I don't want the liability. I I don't have um, the bonded license to be a contractor. There's so much that goes into that. I can't be great at everything, right? I just focus on the design. I focus on making it beautiful and functional. It was sort of skipped that this person's budget, even though they came to us and talked to us about the budget, they, in their mind, wanted the kitchen done for $40,000. Not just $40,000 worth of materials, but they want the kitchen done for $40,000. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe we can find a cheap contractor. As a business owner, I don't want to spend so much time and, you know, my own personal beliefs and, um, you know, the, the mission statement, the motto that, you know, we run this business on, I work hard to sell quality, grown up furniture, well-made heirloom pieces, things that are going to last good, solid, well-built pieces. If I'm going to sell well-built, beautiful semi-custom cabinets, I don't want a contractor that's bargain basement that is going to 
cut corners and do a crappy job. You will ruin a, a, a kitchen. You'll ruin a home. You'll ruin someone's life in the blink of an eye if you do that. If you don't have a quality craftsman to install your quality pieces, you will regret it and lawsuits will ensue. So this was a big problem. We had designed the Taj Mahal of kitchens and I started looking at the design more closely and realizing now that's a 10 foot island. That's a 10 foot island. You have a slab for that. Yes, this one slab comes in a jumbo size. Okay, though that's that's really expensive. This cabinet color that you chose, that's a custom mixed Sherwin-Williams color that you're matching. You know, that's a 25% upcharge on the finish. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Um, the construction here, it isn't just the contractor you find. If we're doing a brand new kitchen where there isn't plumbing, there's no drain lines, there's no gas line for the stove, we need all new electrical put in, you need a special electrical that can, that can you know, um, that's allocated for the dishwasher, the microwave, for, you know, the oven, the double ovens, all of that requires, you know, thousands of dollars in permitting, the time, the different craftsmen we talked about that you've got, you know, a tile setter, flooring, lighting, electrical plumbing, it goes on and on and on. And none of that was considered in this budget. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. So I was discussing with the designer, we were trying to kind of solve this problem and, um, this is the way that I, I I solved, well, we're solving it and we're working on it. Um, unfortunately, what happens when you present a design like that to the client and then come back and say, well, actually, you can't have it because we're $40,000 over budget. <laughs> now the client feels bad about themselves. Now they feel, you know, it's it's like, you know what it reminds me of when I was a young designer and I worked for the store in Austin and, um, I had hit enough sales goals and won enough contests that, uh, my owner had a lease for Alexis that he had gotten in an auction for, a, I think it was, it was like three weeks or almost a month. And so I won that as a prize. He gave me that treat of getting to drive this Lexus uh, and it was fancy, right? This was what, 1994, and I remember picking it up at the dealership and I had never driven. I mean, Lexus was a new, you know, a car brand that it hadn't been around for very long. And so when I get in the car, I'm like, wow, this is the fanciest car I've ever been in. It's gorgeous. Look at the leather. And I'm thinking, well, I'm doing pretty well in sales and I'm doing well at my job. And, you know, I can afford a car like this. And so as the the dealership was telling me all the bells and whistles and teaching me about the car, and I said, oh, so, you know, what does this car run, you know? $55,000. Now in 1994, a $55,000 car was a lot. It's a lot of money now, but back then it might as well have been a hundred thousand. And I thought, <coughs> okay, I'm going to be very careful with this car as I drove it. I mean, I loved it. It was luxury, but part of me kind of felt like, I don't know, like I was a fraud. <laughs> like I can't really afford it. Um, but I, I sort of felt bad when I brought it back. It's like, bye, I can't afford you. I'm not good enough to have you. I mean, it was this wah, 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 let down. So when we show 
this kitchen with the chevron floor and you know this 10 foot island and the lights and skylights and new windows put in and then we come back and say oh never mind we can't do the chevron we got to cut the kitchen down in half the island's only going to be six feet i mean how is that customer going to feel and when she came back in and she saw uh, and, and I actually sort of intervened and I went over and we were talking to her and I, I wanted to be really honest with her. And I told her with a project like this, opening up a wall, you know, even ask, asking the designer, do you know that that's a load bearing wall or not? No, that might add an extra, you know, if you have to put a big glue lamb beam in there, that could be an extra five to 10,000. I mean, there was so much potential for this to just ratchet up, ratchet up. And I, I felt horrible for the client. And so I, I tried to intervene and I said, listen, this is where, where I see. And I think we can still create a gorgeous kitchen for you. I, you know, I think there are a lot of ways to save money in a kitchen. For instance, you have five drawer stacks. And I know from kitchen designing, a drawer stack is going to be about three times the price of just a regular cabinet because it takes a lot more construction to build a drawer. That's a lot more man hours that goes into building drawers, the glides, making sure that they all fit, that they, you know, than just a, a box with doors on it. So we have so many drawers. Is there a place? Let's be really smart about your design. This is where you want to keep, you know, maybe your Tupperware and your your saran wrap and things like that. So we need a drawer stack here. I usually put it by the refrigerator because that's where you're doing your leftovers. Um, you need a trash can pull out. So let's get the nice trash can pull out right on this side of the sink and you have your dishwasher on the other side so you can scrape, you can, you can load. You know, let's really get down to the functional of what you need, how you use the kitchen, and then we make it pretty. Here's the gray door that comes standard. This comes at a standard price from the cabinet manufacturer, not a 25% upcharge for a custom paint color, which was slightly off, right? A slightly beige gray. No, we could, we, this is a beautiful gray. We could just go with their gray. Um, cutting the island down. If we cut the island down and, and, and I walked her through. So you want to sit your four kids at the island. All right. A standard bar stool is 18 to 19 inches. And again, this isn't rocket science. You guys just measure bar stools and Start to memorize these numbers, right? A, a standard dining chair or bar stool is usually about 18 inches wide. You need to leave about 20, 24 inches between bar stools, unless you've got kids and you know they're going to be elbowing each other. But so let's measure that out. You can put one chair at the end and the other three, so we can get a little smaller island. And to be honest, I've had a big island before, and I hated racing around it when we had multiple people cooking in the kitchen, and you had to get to the other side. It was blocked, and I, I hated running around, you know, a big giant island. So I was finding benefits. I was finding positives. We were turning this into a positive, rather than, well, you can't afford it. Sorry, you know, this is what the kitchen should look like. You can't afford it. So we were going back through and teaching her how she's actually going to get the best kitchen for her and in her budget. But before we go any further, I have to meet a contractor out there. I have to have someone come look to see if that's load bearing. We have to have someone look, you know, where you want to put a new window. Is it someplace we can put a new window? Is there anything going in the wall? Is there an electrical panel on the outside? I mean, there's so many different variables that can change the price of a construction project. It would be unfair to you as a client if we told you you could do this kitchen for this price without getting that piece of it figured out. So 
I've got the name of some client or of contractors that we've worked with, um, that I've met that seem very reputable. If you know a contractor, that's great. Let's pick a day. Let's make some appointments and we'll go out there and meet. Now, again, this was a lot of, you know, step back, but seeing the client's face and having her look at me and say, I told her my budget. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you know, obviously it wasn't that dun, dun, dun. but I did do have to do a lot of backpedaling. I had to do a lot of, um, you know, rationalizing and optimism and being positive. All right. Well, it's, it's going to be gorgeous. And this is your forever house. Like you need to do this kitchen. You need to have this beautiful spread out kitchen. That's part of your family room, but let's just make sure it's good quality and it's functional and it's beautiful. And, and the other, the other two big kitchen might've been a, you know, a headache. It could have caused more problems. It's more to clean. You know, I ask her things like, do you need, you know, three pantries? No, she didn't need the extra storage. Wonderful. Let's design this pantry this way. You know, uh, you know, pantries that have all the drawers at the bottom. That's a $3,500 piece of furniture. If we do one with doors down below and maybe some pullouts, we can get it down to $1,500. Right there, we've saved 1000 So there are ways to tweak it. Ideally... And see where, you know, you have that budget, but being respectful of the budget, taking it very seriously and, and thinking it through, you know, imagine this was your house, walk through it as if it was your house. If you've never done a kitchen before, A, make sure you have all of your cabinets designed by a kitchen designer. Um, but you can do that at Home Depot or Lowe's, complimentary, but really think about how you use the space. And make a list. If someone hires you to do a kitchen design, before you even go out to their house, you've never done kitchens before, before you go down to their, out to their house, stand in your kitchen and look around and say, all right, let's see. The things we're going to have to think about, appliances, a faucet, a sink, poles and handles, uh, roll-out drawers, uh, you know, dishwasher, refrigerator, and start listing them. Um, pendants over an island, you know, plumbing, uh, even running a water line, you know, for, for the refrigerator to do the ice maker, you know, making sure that it's not, you know, if it's across the, the, the kitchen from any water source, you know, you're having to make sure there's water lines. You know, you can't just free float a refrigerator in the middle of a room where there's no access for a contractor to get water lines. I mean, all of those things, you know, make a list so that when you do go to the house and you see the project and if it's a full remodel, they're going to be ripping things out. You, you can intelligently at least walk through the project with the client. You can say, all right, now with your kitchen, these are things to think about. You know, I know we're talking budget, so I want to make sure that, you know, we've considered all of these aspects. Um, you know, appliances, do you need a double oven? Do you need a, a microwave, a convection oven? Do you, you know, you know, what is it you need? And talking about those things. Um, if you don't sell appliances, who does? I don't either. Uh, but you're charging design time pull up your iPad and say, let's look at some appliances um, together and see what the cost of different appliances are. Because you might not realize that refrigerators start at a thousand, but can go up to 20,000. You see that one that's all beautiful and has the cabinet doors in the front that's built in. That's, that's a 10 to $20,000 refrigerator. So you may want that look, but that might be half your budget. So, you know, take the time to educate the client. If you're not educated with it, Take a little time to just show the client, now this is what appliances cost. And, and it helps them be more realistic about it. 
right? It, it saves you from backpedaling and getting to the end and saying, oh, you didn't realize that that's how much appliances cost? Well, you should have known that. No, if you know that the client is completely clueless, then sit down together and make it a part like, you know what? Let's look at some appliances right now because sales are coming up. Let's see what some costs are. Um, you know, have a price in your mind as a designer for for um, countertops. You can go to wherever you're going to get countertops fabricated. And, and whether that's Home Depot and having them purchase them or you're going to an actual countertop fabricator, you know, you're going to granite yards, you've got to, the fabricator's the one with the prices. The fabricator in the countertop world is the only one that knows the prices. So take some time before you go to this client's house, meet with them and say, the most common countertops that we're doing is this gray cemento. We're doing Calcutta marble. We're doing, you know, Carrera marble. Can you show me uh, a typical, you know, you know, pick out a specific one, get a quote, say, how much does this run per square feet? Fabricated and installed. How much does this one run per square feet? Fabricated and installed. Pick the edge. Everyone just wants a straight, eased edge. That's what it's called with just the flat edge. We're not doing any of the fancy OGs yet. I'm sure it'll come back. But educate yourself so that when you do go to this house call and they say, well, I have no idea for budget, or they say, 20,000 say, all right, well, let me talk you through some, because you're probably not familiar with what things cost. Um, you know, a uh, uh, Carrera marble, which I, you've mentioned you liked, and I think it's going to be beautiful, but in a quartz, they usually run around, you know, 85, $95 a square foot. Let's measure out where we think this is, how many square feet, and then do the math. Do the math then so they can see it. Um, have you thought about new appliances and what appliances you want? make a list, say, um, have you shopped for appliances lately? You know what? Let's, let's jump on my iPad real quick or my laptop and let's, let's look at some appliance packages and see what the going rate is. You'll always be able to save money if you buy them in a lump sum. Um, there are discount, you know, places you can go. I don't care if they're, you know, the same brand, as long as the finishes look nice together, we can mix and match a little, you can save some money there, but let's get an idea of what they cost and pull that up. So then you're, again, you're working with the client. Think about yourself. How, how would you want this to go? If someone came to your home and you had no idea about your kitchen, wouldn't this be a better way to do it? Wouldn't this be a, a breath of fresh air that you had someone that was honest and open with you that wasn't trying to take advantage or you know pull something over on you, but that actually helped you walk through the process so that you could make an educated decision? Maybe it's not time to do the kitchen right now. Maybe maybe six months from now is better. But these are things that you need to think about. Now, the saving grace right now, every contractor that I've worked with and that I am working with, they're taking appointments a year out. They, you can, they won't even start, they won't even put you on the books, uh, the date and you know for a year. So that does give people time to save a little more, to put money aside or to get financing. So that's a conversation that you can have. You know, this contractor, I want to bring him in next week. We're going to take a look at it. I know this is your budget now, but I will tell you, it's going to be a year before they start. And in my town, the permitting process has taken a year to two years, which is crazy. So that gives them a little more time to put some money aside. So talk about it now. Said, we can get on the books for the contractor. We can start designing this. You know, I'll take a deposit for the design fee, but understanding that this is our goal budget for next year, 
you know, those are some ways that you can get around this, but, but it's just so important. I just can't um, emphasize enough how important it is to be honest and open with your clients. This is how you create clients for life. This is how you get them to repeat business over and over and over again and spread your name all around town. That's how you build a successful design business. And you still need to make sure that you're getting paid, that there's enough money in the budget where you feel good about the work and the time that you're putting into it. But this is how you lock down those clients to trust you. And and I promise it's been the way that I've built my, my career and every design business I've ever started. Um, it's because I am this straightforward, let's work together as a team kind of person and people really respect that. So that's what I'm trying to teach and, and share to you guys. Again, designers have a bad name and uh, there's a lot of misconception as to what a designer is and and what it's like to hire a designer and work with a designer. And I think the more that our industry becomes this transparent, we are a, a partner with the homeowner. We are a teammate of the homeowner and we are there to make sure it's gorgeous and beautiful and functional and you're going to be paid for your time and and all that value that you've brought that's when we start to really turn things around and we get a good name for designers and that we're a positive thing. We're a good thing. Everyone should have a designer because it's going to save them money in the long run and prevent mistakes. That's our goal. Then you get to make it pretty. <laughs> so thanks guys. I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of time to think about this and, and it is one of the, the touchiest subjects. Budget is always hard. It's hard to talk about money. Um, but let's change that. Let's make it part of our industry just to be really uh, gentle and understanding and caring. And um, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. It's Thanksgiving week. I'm thankful that I have all of you guys watching and listening and that I still get to do this great career and uh, have a job where I am getting to work with people and and um, earning their trust. It's, it's a really great feeling. It feels really good. feeds my soul. Uh, and I'm making people happy. And I love that. So I'm hoping that you take that away and uh, keep spreading it out wherever you live. Thank you so much, you guys. Happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, so stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.